Hey, Caleb, what are you doing right now? Nothing. Do you want to re- record an episode of the podcast on what we were just talking about? Sure. Might yeah. as well. I feel like we're not going to be able to get anything done. Until because... we get this conversation out anyway. Yeah. Might as well just record it. Yeah. Because we haven't done that, and we probably should. Yeah. That's good. Cue the theme music. This is The Christian Artist. Honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. Sorry we haven't been recording episodes consistently. It's been two weeks since we recorded our last episode. Yeah, well, more than two weeks, actually. But that's okay, because... No, it's not. We're it's busy really not and okay. we're lazy. <laughs> no, exactly. It's not okay. We totally could have done this. Uh, it's so much less work. This is the thing now that I have... So, okay, let's back up here. Hey, everybody. Uh... Yeah, things have been crazy and stuff like that because we're not we're not just talking to each other. We're talking to. Oh, that's we why always forget that. Yeah, yeah, we're talking to other people right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I uh, I just what I was just about to say is that I got a new studio set up. Um, I now have my bedroom as like an awesome workspace with my desk, my new desktop, and um, recording stuff, and it's really soundproof and great and. This sounds wonderful audio quality wise. Very I'm much just so, so yes. excited. So, yeah, uh, that's that's what's happening new here. I spent uh, eight hours past Friday um, cleaning out this room, taking everything that was out in it out, and then putting all my stuff in it. And it, it's great. It's great. I feel time. like we should just take a panorama and just like stick it on there on the in the liner notes or something like that. Because I mean, we were talking about this really cool room and they can't see it. Okay, I mean, yeah, I could just take pictures yeah. of it. That'd be cool. Or just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, might as well. I could just put it in the Just do, like, notes. a little vlog of you in your room. See, that's the thing. We to- we, we still need to do that. I've mm-hmm. still wanted to do um the... Like a live version the, of this? Yeah, the live version of The Christian Artist. You know, you know what we're going to well, do? Well, not a live version. I meant, like, a yeah, radio right. not version. Like a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, us, yeah. us live would be bad. Um, that would be a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, most of these are now live anyway. That, well, you know that's I mean? true. Like, but there, I never really always, edit them. Yeah, but there's always one thing that we say, and then we realize we probably shouldn't have said it. <laughs> and then we stop. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But something I just realized, I actually have the camera sitting right here. Um, so let me just pop this on, and then I'll, I'll post this. Um, oh, there's no memory card in it. Well, that's <laughs> Sorry, I got your hopes up That's there. That's a bummer. People's... Oh, man, that looks really cool, too. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, give funny. me one second. Yay, I found a memory card. All right, I'm going to start recording, and then I'll put this on the on the YouTubes, and I'll put a link to it. Hey, hey, Connor. How you doing? Hey. Um, yeah, so that that's Connor right there. Yep. And if anyone who's listening to the, to the audio version of this is going to be... A little confused. Gonna, yeah, a little confused, yeah. but... So, so I'm just going to stand up real quick and I might, I might cut this out of the audio portion, but I'm just going to go ahead and give a little bit of a shot of the setup that we have going on here. Um, yep. There's Connor. Yeah, you already showed me. There's our mic. There's my awesome desk and the recording right there. And then, yeah, there's my bed and my guitar and stuff and books and don't forget the gun case. Yeah. <laughs> God, you should you should show me. I too, should. So. Oh. Yeah. Because yeah. This is Caleb, and he just broke something. I think. I just tipped over my glass. It's fine. Okay, that's not bad. So yeah, this is us. So if you guys ever wondered like who the heck we 
look like who the heck we look yeah, who like. Who the heck we look like. What the heck we look like. <laughs> or who the heck we, we really are underneath yeah, the I microphone. <laughs> um, this is what it's is, like. This is what it's all about. Yep. What's actually interesting is this, uh, this has been the first time we've ever recorded with this exact setup. Mm-hmm. And so... This is not a normal. <laughs> yeah, it's usually not yeah. what it looks like when we record. This um, stuff, well, but it I will mean, now. This is how we look like when we record. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. about it. Uh, but this is the room we usually record it in. It just looks completely different. It now. just looks completely different now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what uh, what we're gonna be um, recording, Hannah, uh, with Hannah once she gets back. Um, from college stuff and we're going to be writing the first song the first couple songs or, or, or writing some song at least from the musical that we're writing um so we're legitimately we'll going to do that here. yeah we right, are cool. we'll just do it in here because it's the perfect right. setup like you mm-hmm. just have a little studio setup and the mic in the middle and it'll be great so and i have my guitar and everything uh, all we need is a piano but we could actually legitimately bring in a keyboard mm-hmm. like the keyboard from church that could totally be a thing we could do we just set up a little music room in here we could do that. And we just, could legitimately do yeah, that. Yeah, and just spend, like, the day, like, writing musical stuff. That'd mm-hmm. be great. All right, you just turn that off now, so. All right. Um, all right, so, but, yeah, I mean, that's not what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I'm just going to be talking about the room that we're in or yeah. anything like that. So, so what, what's our topic, Connor? Um, well, just just to kind of give just background first, we... Um, well, no, I, I what we were going to talk about tonight, um, after a long, a really rather long period of time, probably about a year, mm-hmm. um, of just studying and, um, just learning both sides, um, I feel like we have sufficient education and the, the ability to present and educated not an educated opinion but a um informed opinion about the sovereignty of god right um and just that general idea Mm -hmm. um because because we're just we're we're really sick of it um and and, (laughs) really sick of the sovereignty of god well no no we're 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 sick of people not not being able to um I want to say like accept God who He really is. It just sounds <laughs> that so sounds liberal. Really weird. <laughs> you just gotta, you just gotta understand. This is how God feels. This is how God, God feels inside. That this yeah. is the way He is. You just have to accept that. Yeah. No. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, and this is a a sensitive topic, and I feel like we just lost all of our listeners just by saying the sovereignty of God and what we're <laughs> going to talk about. Um, but. But it, it's really important to to us, um, and for reasons we're, we're going to expound upon during this episode. Um, but it, we really just think that it's an important doctrine um, mm-hmm. that needs to be spoken about in today's day and age. Because mm-hmm. we it, it literally affects every part of our doctrine. Yep. It literally affects every part of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't listen to a sermon anymore and not pick apart the ways that they are putting emphasis on themselves yeah. when they talk about salvation and yeah. they talk about faith and how it's all about them and their decision to follow Christ. And it's not about God. It, it just, it takes away the glory from God. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, ultimately it doesn't actually take away the glory from God. They just 
with their words, their words oh, are yes. glorifying, yeah. them, are trying to glorify themselves. Yes, rather. they are glorifying themselves when when they are speaking. So it's, even then, I mean, it's just it's it's a tricky line yeah. to walk and not <laughs> like say something. Yeah, that's just because because our culture is so um, against humanistic. this idea. It, humanistic. Yeah. It's so against this idea, um, and it's so wishy washy. Even even with a pastor sometimes who who. Um, claim to be Calvinists even, um, right. they'll say things that, that they just don't, they don't think about it and they just say mm. it and then they kind of look back on it. Or at least I, I look at it and I'm just kind of like, did, did you really mean that? Or are you just kind of saying something because this is just how Christians talk right. about salvation and talk about right. God. Um, but yeah, so that's just kind of what we want to talk about today. Um, for, for first of all, um, we are not calling ourselves Calvinists yeah. simply because I we, we never want to um, make ourselves out to be aligning with some sort of doctrine. Um, right. Aligning with some sort of system besides just being part of the body of Christ. Yeah. Right. Like um, even though even though it's impossible for us as humans to not think in terms of systems like we always that's how our minds work. We want to put things into boxes. That's and it's not a, necessarily a bad thing to try to like systematize all this theology and doctrine and stuff like that. But when you put yourself in a camp. Uh, like an us versus them thing. And it's like, Oh, well, I'm a Calvinist. So yeah. I'm better than these, these other people over here. Mm -hmm. That's where it goes horribly, horribly wrong. And you should not be doing that. Yeah. Um, there was a, uh, a friend of ours who, he doesn't do this now. Um, but used to just post, um, just Calvinistic memes just all the time. And they were all hilarious. And I, I, I loved them and I wouldn't, I didn't even like care about Calvinism at that point. Right. I just yep. thought they were all hilarious. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were, but, they were very funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were, they were so good <laughs> because, because a lot of it was like making fun of themselves. Almost yeah. Too. Uh huh. Yeah. So, so it was, it was just, it was just really funny. Um, but it, it, it came off as like, this is who I am is I'm a Calvinist. Right. And when, when it's all about, I'm an Arminian and, th and this goes both ways too, mm -hmm. because there are people who have made entire ministries solely devoted to, to destroying to destroying yeah. Calvinism, and they don't preach the gospel; they just preach against Calvinism. <laughs> right, which is just blows my mind. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um. So, but it, but it goes both ways. Is there are people who, who instead of wanting to preach the gospel, they just want to exegete Romans nine and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true, and, and tell people about how yeah, yeah. how how God, God is kills people. yeah how God is sovereign, <laughs> how God condemns people to hell. Yeah, yeah. it's like, but you know, so. There's the balance between of these things don't matter to a person who's not saved at all. Right. Um, but it affects. But they matter to us as Christians, yeah. the way we view salvation and what we should be doing as Christians. Mm -hmm. And and some people, you know, will say that, you know, it doesn't affect the way that we preach the gospel. And I think it does. Yeah. I think it very much so affects how we preach the gospel um, simply because if you're a Calvinist, you can't tell people they just need to pray a prayer and then they're saved. Yeah. And that's our, it's that's lot, America. It becomes deeper than that. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it forces you to grow, to go, to go deeper in the idea of what salvation is. It's yeah. not a decision. It's a process of several different things working together that you don't have complete or even any control over. And you just have to preach the gospel faithfully and let it happen. Um, which, which is really funny is, is, uh, 
the thing that really spurred this on is, is Caleb was just reading a book. Oh, go ahead. Just, just plug this book. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I haven't finished reading the book yet. I'm oh, actually well, yeah. only 1% of the way through. Um, but I ordered it on, on Audible uh, because it was suggested to me by, um, um, I believe it was the Apologia radio people. Um, oh, cool. Uh, they, they plugged this book. Um, it was actually, yeah, it was a British uh, pastor that they had on who was talking about this book. Um, and he sounded really cool. So I'm like, Oh, I got to check this book out. Um, but British. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it sounded really cool talking about it, (laughs) but, uh, it's called the foundations of grace, uh, by Dr. Stephen J. Lawson. And basically it's like the first book of a, of a future five book series that is all about the doctrines of grace. Um, you know, the, the basis of Calvinism, uh, the whole tulip stuff. Um, and just to go off the bat and, mm-hmm. and distract you for a moment, okay. um, and to <laughs> completely just, ruin my momentum. Yeah. Talking and about it, and just, just to throw out there that we don't necessarily hold to the, every point of Calvinism, every, yeah, every point of Calvinism <laughs> in that if, if we told you what the five, if you have no idea what Calvinism is and we told you the five points of Calvinism, you, you would be s- like, wait a second, that doesn't sound biblical yeah, at all. You, you would say, what the heck <laughs> yeah. is that? Um, yeah. And it's just words that we use to describe them, but they're terrible descriptions. <laughs> Let's just yeah. throw that out there. Um, the words, very true. The words limited atonement just could go so many places. Yeah. And and that's actually one of the... That's, <laughs> to be completely honest, that is one of the doctrines that I'm still not 100% on. Like, I don't understand it at all. Uh, well, I don't, I don't necessarily understand... Well, no, I, I feel like I'm more on board with it than you are for sure. Yeah, I um, think you are. Because I, I have that because I, I was on board with everything else. And so I was like, well, the one thing I don't, you know, care too much about is limited atonement, but it seems to be important to the, to the pastors I've been listening right. to. So, um, and again, like, I, I'm not saying that I just disagree with it wholeheartedly. I, mm-hmm. I don't believe, I mean, me just personally, I don't believe in, in ever settling for something and just being like, Oh, this is, this is my theology now. Like I want oh, to sure. constantly be Absolutely. evaluating yeah. all of this stuff, like for the rest of my life and never just say, Oh, this is what I believe. And I will, it will never change mm-hmm. right now. My doctrine mostly lines up with Calvinism. And that is where I stand right now and that is what i believe right now but i'm completely willing to be proven wrong and and to be shown oh you know this you know this specific can go this way instead you know all mm-hmm. those, those kinds of things and specifically yeah. specifically with limited atonement one of the things i was actually uh talking with uh, anna about uh was that um either way if it's limited atonement like calvinism preaches or like unlimited atonement um like Ar- arminianism and any um, anyone who's not a calvinist <laughs> tends to tends to 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 say, I feel like either way, in my my limited mind right now, either way, it seems like God's, or uh, it seems like grace is cheapened. Either way, because of what I read in the Bible, and, and I'll just explain real quick, like, limited atonement says that um, Jesus died definitely for a certain number of people, the elect, um, who are the people who will become Christians, and they are destined to become Christians, I mean, so God will reach into their hearts and change their hearts and regenerate them and then bring them to the fold. And because Christ only died for their sins, then he didn't like have excess sin payment that he had on him, um, which makes sense. And, and it seems logical. But the thing that I can't get around is that the Bible seems to be very clear about the fact that Jesus died for the sins of the world for well, every sin. That's the thing. Well, is just it, wait, just it wait. It never I'm, once says that. And that's, that's why I've been, where does it, where does it not say that? 
It I, doesn't. It, it that's the thing is John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, so that who whosoever believes in Him should not die but have eternal life. There there is literally no verse in the Bible that explicitly states that every single person um, is not only who Jesus died for, um, but that he died for every single person and that every single person can become a Christian in the sense that every single person on this planet could have the desire to become a Christian. And that's, right. no, and I that's get, what I, I guess you're like saying. And I would, I would disagree because I'm, I'm just looking it up right now. Uh, John, first uh, John two, two says he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Speaking of Jesus, obviously, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Oh, <laughs> well, look at that. Literally. Yeah. I have, I, uh, for all of the verses that people have pointed out to me, specifically Hebrews 10 and stuff like that, I would, I would go to it and literally every single person, every single verse, um, there, it was, it was very explicit that it, it stated that it, you know, that it it's wasn't not for the sins for the of the, sins the world. world. Right. It was, it, you know, it was in the context of, it was talking mm-hmm. about Christians, mm-hmm. but that, oh, I, I, I and, and I'll, I'm looking at the context right now, but, um, like there are verses that just say legitimately that. And, and I, I would be okay with the idea. And this is the thing. Like, I feel like either way, grace is somewhat cheapened in my mind, at least like, obviously it isn't because one of those probably has to be true. Mm-hmm. And so one of them won't cheapen God's grace. But like, it seems that way to me that if you have limited, limited atonement so that Jesus died for only the sins of the elect, then it seems like this is taken out of like, then this isn't true. Then God, then Jesus didn't die for those sins of the whole mm-hmm. world. Well, wait a second. That's what it says here. You know, mm-hmm. Whereas, and then it seems, yeah, like God is keeping grace from people or something like that, which make, could make logical sense with the sovereignty of God. It, it could to- I'm, I'm willing completely to believe that that could be something that God desires and wants, and it would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm not just, just because it could be doesn't mean that I'm just going to assume that it is. But the other way around, unlimited atonement. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, but it wasn't definite. It was just the offer of salvation, mm-hmm. which, again, seems like grace is cheap. And it seemed like Jesus had to die, for, like, had took more pain than was necessary, took more death than was necessary. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like it's extra and it doesn't make any sense because then God's going to judge their sins in hell and they're going to pay for their sins. But Jesus already paid for their sins. So both of them pay for the sins. You know what I mean? Like... But again, yeah, that's one thing I just don't understand. Anyway, going back to the book, just real quick. Yeah. Um, Foundations of Grace by uh, Dr. Stephen J. Lawson. Um, and I listened to the first 10 minutes. I got an audible. First 10 minutes, blown away. Completely blown away because they talk, he just starts off talking about the sovereignty of God. And just the, the, the logic and the scripture. Because that's one of those things, too, is a lot of people just talk about the system of Calvinism without ever actually pointing to real scriptural evidence for mm-hmm. it. They're just, like, discussing the the, yeah, the they'll, doctrine. They'll, they'll say this is what Calvinism teaches instead of this is what the Bible teaches right. and, about and, the And that's what was super cool about the first part of this book. And again, I'm only 10 minutes in mm-hmm. a 22-hour audiobook. But, like, just right away, I was just blown away by, like, how simple... And how much sense it made just for the idea that um, and, and the main idea that that popped into my head uh, or that that I mean, that popped into my through my ears mm-hmm. into my head uh, that they were saying was that um, good things are not good or, or, or rather God does not do good things because there's some sort of nebulous idea of good that's out there that God's like following 
things are good because God did them. And anything that God does is good because he's the definition of good. And so anything outside of what God would do or what God wills can't be good. You know, you know what I mean? Like, or what, what God desires rather, you know, like can't be good. Like people sinning against each other and, and disobeying God. Obviously, those are not things that God himself would do. <laughs> and so they are inconsistent with God. And so they're sin. They're disobeying God's commandments. Um, whereas, uh, um, and I completely lost my train of thought. But uh, I mean, that's, that's basically it. Uh, just just that whole idea of like, yeah, like things are good because God did them, not because, you know, God doesn't do things because they are good. Things are good because God did them. And that's the, the simple explanation there. And I, mm -hmm. I just thought that was really, really cool. Um, so that's that's kind of what what jolted this uh, discussion. But then um, for for Caleb, at least, and then for my part of it, um, I was listening to a or my mom uh, had heard the story, a really cool testimony um, by this guy named uh, uh, crap, David or Davy Rower Rower Rory Rory Rower Rower. I think it's O R O R E R, but I'm, I'm R -O -R -E -R. I don't remember for sure. Rower. That's I really think it's I, yeah I, I'm, I don't remember now but um he's is this is guy who uh who uh got sniped and then set on fire in uh, the Vietnam War I believe um and so my mom had heard his his story not hit um his uh like any of his sermons or whatever or even if you could call anything that he is doing a sermon I'm not sure um and so she she just looked up a random video and wanted me to listen to it because to hear his story. Um, and he started out with basically saying that God had nothing to do with what happened to me. Right. Um, that God was not up in heaven and <clears throat> turned to Jesus and was like, Hey, watch me snipe this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we'll set him on fire. And you know, it, it wasn't like that because if God did that, that would be evil. Mm. And immediately I was absolutely detesting him. Um, and I had to catch myself and just kind of being like, um, you know, this guy is definitely a Christian from his, his, um, from his testimony so far. Um, so you need to not, but <laughs> yeah, you need to stop hurting your brother because that's uh -huh. legitimately sin. Um, but, but I, I was just, I was flabbergasted that he would, he would start off by saying that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and he, he started off by saying that, but the beginning of the thing, uh, was his brother, um, giving his testimony a little bit, um, uh, just real fast, like within five minutes, I think, uh, before handing over the microphone to his brother. Um, and he, what he said was that he was, um, out drunk, uh, not drunk. He was out, uh, driving. Um, and I, th I, I believe I wasn't, I wasn't too, uh, good at, at following him cause I was doing other things while, um, I was listening to the beginning part and my mom was just like, Oh, this isn't the, this is the guy you need to listen right. to. So I was just kind of ignoring him. Um, but he started, basically started off by saying he was, he was like driving and I think he wanted to commit suicide or something like that. Um, and that he was not looking for God and that God found him and that God arrested him. Ooh. And I was like, that is so good. That's and really immediately good. I was like, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and the crowd was very obnoxious to the point where I thought they were all drunk. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I was a little, a little concerned. So it might be charismatic church. <laughs> um, so that's, that's actually what I was thinking of, uh, at the beginning, but, but I was like, mm, you know, that's a really good statement that he, yeah. he knows that he did not choose God, mm -hmm. that God chose him. 
that God, that God found showed up him. in his life, yeah. and that's the only reason that he mm-hmm. came to Christ, right? And I was like, that's fantastic. Um, but then, then he hands the phone over to his brother, and like, the, literally one of the first things he says is that God did not do this to me. That God had no part in this, basically. Um, and, and he used a verse completely that was completely irrelevant to what he was saying in Philippians, where it was, uh, where Paul was saying that, um, all my sufferings, um, have, have contributed to the, the cause of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's the verse that he used to say that God is good and he would never have suffering come on people. And I what? was, no, I, that I, literally exactly. says the opposite. Exactly. Then. And that's, I, I like yelled at the, the thing. I was like, no, no, that was ridiculous. Mm. Like you just, you literally just said something and then pulled out a scripture and said, this is why I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, so that's what kind of brought this up. And so I was angry and Caleb was amazed at this book. And so I just came down here. Um, <laughs> that seems like basically our lives, right? Yeah. In a nutshell, Connor was angry and I was amazed at this book. Yeah. And so, so I came down and I was like, I just need to get away from my distractions and just, and just read my history books. I need to get some schoolwork done. And Connor sat down, set his history book down on the bed uh-huh. and just and started, started t- complaining. T- complaining to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so... I was trying to get stuff done too, but we just ended up having a conversation and then yep. we just like, Hey, let's just record podcast. Yeah. So, so that, that was a very long introduction to this thing. Um, but we, what we kind of want to do is just tell you the reasons that, um, one God chooses us, um, and that we do not choose him. And, and just right off the bat to prove that without a doubt. And I, I literally don't have to go anywhere else except for maybe one more verse. Um, just Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 that, um, for it is not of works, lest any, anyone should boast that, I mean, if we, if we have to have faith and we have to believe really hard or, or, uh, you know, do something that will cause us to have faith, it's a work salvation. Mm-hmm. And that's what you, if that's what you believe, mm-hmm. that's a work. And, salvation. And, and the reason it is because I mean, just simple, simple line of logic here. We are completely evil. Mm-hmm. We can do nothing that pleases God. Having faith and repenting in, of our sins and following Jesus Christ would be something that pleases God. And mm-hmm. so obviously we cannot do it in our sinful state. So God has mm-hmm. to reach down and change our hearts. And if, and if you don't believe us on that, read the first six chapters of Romans. Yeah. Um, they they just, basically just read condemn... the whole book of Romans. I mean, well, yes. It's, I mean, it's, it's the single, it's the, the book that outlines the whole of Christian theology the best. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's the, the, uh, the guidebook basically for, for how the, all the rest of it fits together. Um, so, so right off the bat, you know, I mean, like that verse just, <laughs> I mean, there's, you can't get around that, that anything that if it's anything that we do, literally anything that we do, that's a work salvation. And it's of no works, lest anyone should boast. And so right there, you know, that proves it. But one more verse. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, in another verse, and that was uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Um, in another verse that I, um, I'm not going to look up just for the sake of time, um, says that he who began a good work in us will, 
uh, finish it. Carry it to completion. Carry it to completion on the day of Christ, Jesus. Of Christ Jesus. I believe that's in Philippians, but uh, yeah, I think. So. Um, at this point, we're you know, you get the point. I mean, it's we did not create faith in us. So, I mean, we choose to have faith in the sense that we can't resist faith. We can't resist if, if God grants see, see, us faith. See, right there then, th- that's I think where the line really is. Because I don't think you, if you go up to any Christian on the street and you say, was God the one who saved you? Mm-hmm. They're going to say yes, mm-hmm. right? Like, obviously everyone knows if they're a Christian, if you're a Christian, you know, God saved you. You mm-hmm. didn't save yourself. But where, where it kind of comes down to is everyone just assumes that, okay, God, like the Holy Spirit reaches into your life, you know, and like tries to like. And, and the, the key words try there, he, the Holy Spirit, like, impresses upon your heart to, like, repent and follow Christ. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that most people will differ on is whether or not you can resist that, that pulling. Mm-hmm. Because you can't. Like, that's, that's, that's what a Calvinist will believe um, in, in, with the doctrines of race, like a spouse, is that you, you can't resist the calling of the Holy Spirit. If, if God has chosen you, like, again, if you're one of the elect in, in the Calvinistic terminology, um, you, and, and you and are drawn to, b- before you God, say God. the next thing is the, the term elect is found everywhere that's in true. the Bible. That's true. Yeah. Um, so just to throw that out. So if you guys, if you know, you think but it's, it's a common word that Calvinists throw around as a system word. Mm-hmm. And I always feel weird throwing out just system words, even though if yeah. they are in scripture, like there's so many other connotations that, hyper calvinists tend to mm-hmm. throw onto that term too um but but yeah so 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 like, yeah it's it's a difference between whether or not the the call of the holy spirit you can resist it like you can just say because because i think every christian would assume that like i think most christians like the, the general christian would be like oh yeah there's always a point in someone's life where someone like has the choice to like turn away from God or follow him. Right. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's always going to be the part. And, and I think this is more, not, not necessarily totally true, but I think for most people, at least in America, there's a point where they get confronted with the gospel, right. Or at least some mm-hmm. part of the gospel or, or like at least their own sin or in some way, God, and then they turn from it, you know, but, but that doesn't mean that the Holy spirit is like doing that effectual calling that, um, it seems to be that the scripture seems to say that it, it that he does, um, to, to call people to salvation. Um, and what, yeah, what, what, uh, the doctrines of grace would say is, you know, um, if you're called by the Holy spirit, you come mm-hmm. and you do repent. And, and then, then again, that makes it God's work and not, not ours. And th- so that's um, the only way that that works. And the argument against this is that in Hebrews and in, uh, first John and even in like first Corinthians, of, of Christians who, well, well, you know, Christians in uh, quotations air, air quotes, yeah. of, of people who um, came to the knowledge of the truth and pretended to be Christians and then were proven to be false Christians. Right. Um, and it's the thing of like um, that they turned away from the faith that they, you know, Claimed um, to have. Claimed to have. And yeah. that's, and that's the, the, the thing that the difference between Arminianism, Arminianism and Calvinism yeah. on this point, especially is that whether or not people can become Christians and lose their salvation yeah. or, um, they, or they always are going to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And the and, line and, there and is, in the, in the words of the, the wise Aslan, once a king of queen of Narnia, always a king of queen of Narnia. Mm-hmm. Or in the words of <laughs> John MacArthur, mean, if C.S. Lewis was a Calvinist, I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, but in, or in the words of John MacArthur, if you could lose your salvation, you would. Right. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, and again, like 
Um, if, if God is not keeping us from losing our salvation. Yeah. It, um, again, if it was dependent on our works, which mm-hmm. is what, what's, which is ultimately what's saying that, yeah. um, not having perseverance of the saints. Well, that's what you're saying. If you say that's not true, ultimately mm-hmm. is that, Oh, you can do bad things enough mm-hmm. that God will be like, all right, you're done. Yep. But like, if that was the way grace worked, then it wouldn't be grace at all. Like mm-hmm. that, that, that then it wouldn't even work. Salvation. it wouldn't have been a work cell or it wouldn't have been a grace based salvation at the beginning. If it's not at the end, you know, it has to be all the way through or else it's not consistent. Okay. And so, and so that we keep this shorter because I need to go to bed. Yeah. Um, what, what we really want to do here is just throw out four different things, um, of, of arguments that we have come up with by just studying this, um, and trying to figure out what is truth. And, and, we have listened to both sides of this yeah. and it's not like we just listened to or just read, you know, a hundred articles of desiring God.org. Um, <laughs> no, and I then probably came to this conclusion. This point. <laughs> um, it, we, we legitimately wanted to know both sides. I've gotten into a couple of different, well, just run really yeah. um, argument about this. Um, and they brought up verses that I was instantly stumped at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I read what they said, in context, I was shocked that the person thought it said this. Mm. Um, and so we have heard both sides. I have heard every argument that I, you know, that I think I could hear at this point for Arminianism. And every time, well, and you know, well, even for like non-Calvinism, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, like even Arminianism in and of itself is a just a radical, just as radical of theology as Calvinism is. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't either. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't say that they're either an Arminian or a Calvinist. They would just say, oh, mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle. And they don't really know specifically what they would believe on these points. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had no clue what. And I feel like it's, I feel like ultimately were. it is more of a spectrum Um, in the end Um, with a lot of people. It's just like, okay, how far, how close are you to Calvinism? How close mm-hmm. are you to Arminianism? You know? Um, and I think I, I, and I, I will say this as, as jerky as this may sound, I, you know, I firmly believe that most people who are actually Christians lean more towards Calvinism than Arminianism. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, simply and, and, and because of the preservation of saints exactly. and the fact that we do not choose God because we're also the work salvation. Like, like that in itself is where I, you know, firmly believe that the majority of Christians Lean towards Calvinism. Yeah, and what's actually interesting is anyone who I've, I've had, like, intelligent discussion with about this will not say that they are an Arminian, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think it's pretty obvious to anyone who has good, at least a, 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 an iota of good theology, mm-hmm. they realize that Arminianism is heresy because yeah. it has to be heresy because it's legitimately a work salvation. No other way of getting around it. It's work completely workspace and you can lose your salvation willy-nilly. Whereas most people who are, are like intelligent on this on this topic, and even if they don't like believe in Calvinism, they'll say, okay, even if you can lose your salvation, it's very, very rare and only in these very specific circumstances, like these apostate things that talked about in Hebrew and all that stuff. Which is, you know, like ultimately it's like, okay, maybe you know. You know, it's not it's as long not, as you don't believe yeah. that, like, it's just God just pulls it away or, or, or like you just lose it, you know, constantly or you can go back and forth a million times. Like mm-hmm. that's it's not a salvation. It's not a um, an issue that's ultimately going to uh, make you not saved. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but being an Arminian 
yeah. is. <laughs> um, so, and, and I challenge you if you if you don't think that you can lose your salvation, just the, those all, all those verses. Just read First John. Mm-hmm. Uh, read the entire book of First John, um, and it'll talk about um, you know people leaving the church and how they weren't Christians to begin with. Yeah, and I think ultimately that's what it is, is a lot of people will point to these verses about, like, yeah, like, losing your salvation or whatever, mm-hmm. and they work just as well, even better, in the context, if you think about it, in the context of, and, and ultimately this is the context, um, but once you start thinking this way, it starts opening up what, what this could mean, or what it actually means, and that's, oh, these are people, the, the, the people who are talked about here who fell away from the faith, they were never actual Christians to begin with. They just were pretending at it. Yeah, and it's never and, that yeah. they had faith or that they were saved. It's that they came to the knowledge of truth right. and they rejected it. Yes, they pretended at it and then ultimately mm-hmm. rejected it. Um, and I think also like um, when when it says in Hebrews, especially like that, like to be constantly checking yourself, mm-hmm. you know, that's all that stuff. That's you better to be see... checking yourself in case you reckon. Yeah, yourself. and that's the thing. Like, it's not. It's not. I I believe that it's not saying that. Oh, you need to check yourself, or else you're going to lose your salvation. It's it's you that need to because... make sure that you're actually saved, mm-hmm. because all throughout Scripture it says, "Hey, this is how you can know you are saved." It doesn't yep. say this is how you can not. This is how you can stay saved. It's mm-hmm. always very specifically in the context of this is how you know you are one, you know, you're a Christian, that you are truly saved, that you are truly Christ. Is mm-hmm. You will display these characteristics. Um, and in the words of Pastor John Aaron White, um, he was talking about different times where he was like, no, it, like at this point, I am legitimately done with this, you know, Christianity thing. And then something happened where he, his faith was restored and he was like, no, you know, why did I think that or whatever? Like mm-hmm. we have these times where we doubt our salvation, Absolutely. but because we understand that we need to be checking our salvation. That's what brings us to the point where we don't lose our salvation mm. is because God is keeping us by making these things happen in our lives right. where we are bringing ourselves, yeah. where God is bringing us back to the back truth to and back to faith. And, yeah. Yeah. and he's saying, hey, you need to do these things. And so it's not necessarily that the preservation of saints means we never doubt our salvation. It's that no matter what, we're never going to get to the point where we lose our salvation because God is keeping us. Yeah. And that he is altering circumstances and our even even our desires to stick with the faith. And, mm-hmm. you know, God is faithful and his promises are true. Like, you know, read Romans 8. Yeah. Like, like God is faithful to us. Yeah. He's not going to abandon us. He's not going to leave us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Like, mm-hmm. if you if you believe that, that means you can't separate yourself yeah. from the love of God. Um, I mean, how many points have we gotten through at this point? Two? Um from the four points that you... Oh, th- this is not the four points at all. Um, okay. Four, okay, so, yeah. <laughs> well, we so probably to get, get down to, to business then. then. Um, I mean, this is just a very broad topic. Yeah. And we have, a, we, we have a lot to talk about with it. It's true. Um, so we don't want to just kind of go over your guys' heads because if we do, you might understand anything we're saying. Mm-hmm. So four points here then. Um, and these, these are scripturally based, but we're not going to bring up um, scripture for it. Uh, you should you should read the book that that Caleb is reading right now if you want to get the scriptures for it, or read any of the books yeah, that we're and, talking about. And more specifically, um, the Foundations of Grace, that book I'm reading right now, it's is like the, the the whole idea is he's going through the whole of scripture from the beginning to the end and and seeing all right, this is where the biblical authors believed in the doctrines of grace and how it showed mm-hmm. through everything they wrote. Uh-huh. Um, and you know there are things in the Old Testament, especially that yeah. that you know, are in there too. Specifically, Proverbs 16 is one that I always go to. I would say the the, the entire idea of Israel being the chosen nation just Mm -hmm. points directly to election. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, so it's all of these things. So, um, 
And, and you know, Romans 9 is just, is, is Paul quoting the Old Testament and proving, you know, his point through, you know, the prophets right. from the Old Testament. Like, like yep. so, so, you know, it, it's, it's everywhere. It's not just, you know, it's not just it's not a just Calvinist Romans. teaching, <laughs> yeah. but it's not just in the New Testament or just in Romans. It yep. is everywhere in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, if you're looking through the mindset of this is what the truth is, um, so, so yeah, I mean, one of the things that's in the beginning of the Foundations of Grace book is talking about the immutability, the unchangeable nature of God mm -hmm. and the unchangeable nature of his plans mm -hmm. and how it says in the Old Testament, all throughout the Old Testament, God's plans do not change. Mm -hmm. And even in points like in first Samuel that he talks about, oh, he regretted something. It, it says in the very like the next verse, like. But he doesn't regret in the same way that men regret. Mm -hmm. It's not that yep. he wanted to change his action. It's that he was remorseful over the fact that this had to happen and he planned mm -hmm. it that way. Yeah, it, it was it was less that he um, wanted to go back and change something as much as he was sad that it had to be done. Um, and and that's the same. But again, thing that doesn't in... make it evil. You yeah. know, it's not that God had a necessary evil that he had to do. Mm -hmm. The evil was done by the person, mm -hmm. but God was sad that the evil was done by that person. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, from that verse as well, um, I completely lost it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you have the whole idea of unchangeable plans of God. And if God planned everything oh, out from right. all eternity, mm -hmm. they aren't going to change. It's not that God is reacting to everything real time. He's outside yeah. of time. He's um, planned it all in advance. And, and even in the verse in, in James where it says that we, we um, when we pray that um, things happen that would not have happened if we wouldn't have prayed, well, God knew that we were going to pray that. So his plan was whatever we were going to pray for anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we wouldn't have prayed, then that wouldn't have happened. But that was God's plan. So we prayed. I mean, right. So... You know, you can't escape that. And, you know, and things happen because um, um, th things happened even though somebody doesn't pray about it. And, you know, it's just that's just what God wanted to happen. Um, so so that brings us to our first point. Um, and, and this <laughs> After is after 42 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is just speaking purely from from logic at this point, um, from from the scriptures that we have um, presented to you with. And and if you don't, you know care about anything we have to say and you just you're done I mean, just stop listening i mean I don't care. yeah i mean <laughs> it, you know it's it's fine this is not a um salvation or non this is not a salvific doc doctrine so if we just agree on this that's that you know that's that's fine the sovereignty of god isn't a salvific doctrine i would disagree with that no no as in um you do not have to understand the doctrines oh, of Calvinism right. in order to absolutely, be saved. Absolutely, absolutely not. Okay, yeah. that's, yes. that's what I meant absolutely by that. Absolutely in every way, that yes. Even, even if you think that somehow you had to be the one to choose God, and, and, and it's true according to our experience. Right, yeah, that's we the way we still, experience yeah. that. We make a decision mm -hmm. in our experience. And, and again, like, everything it's, we do is a decision. We still yeah. make a decision, but God also planned that decision. Yeah. You know, um, so it's, it, and it's an it's, antimony. It's, it's the verse in Proverbs 16 that yeah. a man, a man, uh, plans his steps um but god establishes his ways right or a man plans his ways but god establishes his steps something like um, that <laughs> no that, that, that that's that's it um so that's in proverbs 16 so that is the whole of this idea mm -hmm. um so so four points yeah so four, four points, points for a better life <laughs> yeah um <laughs> stop that <laughs> um so four points for a more cowardice life yeah no so the the first the first point that we want to draw upon is if if the, um, you know, doctrines of, of Calvinism, at least the ones that we presented, um, are not true, then all babies go to hell. 
Right. Every single baby, every single miscarriage, every single abortion, all of them are in hell right now because they were never given the opportunity to choose. Right. And if you say, well, no, um, you know, you know, God just saved them because they, you know, they never got the opportunity to choose. Well, that's predestination. Right. God predestined Which, them for okay. heaven then. So, so, um, it has been brought, it has been brought up that technically if God wanted to, he could do it both. He could do both of those things. He could predestine the infants who are going to die for heaven and then have oh, yeah. other people choose. So that is still logical on the table. Makes sense. Yes. Biblically. Um, um, okay. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's fair. Right. But, but I'm just saying, yeah, it make, I think it makes more sense with yeah. the doctrines of grace. It, it, it like that just seems silly to me. And, and like, why wouldn't God say that if, if the doctrines of Arminianism were true or just that Calvinism wasn't true at all, why wouldn't God specify that? Oh, you know, it's your choice. So just so you know, all babies go to heaven <laughs> because, right. you know, if, if, if the doctrines of predestination weren't clear throughout scripture, you'd think that God would make it clear mm. that babies go to heaven. Because if, if, if the doctrines that predestined of, of anti-predestination were permanent per, permeant throughout scripture you'd think that god would feel the need to encourage mm -hmm. us and mm -hmm. say that because somebody would have freaked out by now mm -hmm. somebody in the bible would have been like how you know how does this happen like like god all babies go to hell right because they never right. got to choose yeah and i think i think ultimately the reason i mean again i don't think it it's never really explicitly stated anywhere about like the age of understanding, mm -hmm. any of those things. It's just context you have to derive from mm -hmm. the whole of scripture and try to build a case. Mm -hmm. um, there's no single verse you can just point to and say, oh, this, well, that says right there, babies, all babies go to heaven, all dogs go to heaven, all cats go to heaven. Um, it's, um, but but I think for me, log for me logically, I think it makes sense that the reason that like, I believe that babies and, or, you know, yeah, babies, people, uh, infants who die in the womb, um, people who just can't understand the gospel, such as those who are mentally uh, disabled and stuff like that, um, that, that I think they go to heaven just by default is that God gains more glory saving them through that means. Um, and it's good in that sense. Um, Whereas people who can make a decision can understand those things. It brings God more glory to have them through that process of the Holy Spirit working on their lives, come to a knowledge of salvation through the preaching of the gospel and uh, the glorification of God through that, that act of salvation and, and the person praising God because of it. Um, and that's a thing that can't happen with infants. Mm -hmm. And so God's just like, well, yeah, I mean, they're just going to, they're just going to come to heaven. <laughs> so, so another general statement before we continue is that, the, the reason um, that we, we think all of these things and the reason we, we think that scripture, not only, not only that we think scripture says this, but that it, it makes more sense for scripture to say this logically because this brings more glory to God. So that's the main reason that, that people um, want Calvinism to be true. Because most people are like, why would you want Calvinism? Why would you want this to be true? Because this makes God into a bad guy, right? right? And and the point here that we make, why we make this point, is that this brings more glory to God. Yes. Um. So then, so then the next point then is, what the heck is prayer? Yeah. If uh -huh. if God does not change people's wills, 
um, and gives people desires. If, if God can't do that, um, and, and sometimes the argument is, well, well, you know, um, for the argument of, you know, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, you know, he hardened himself many times. Well, okay, so then God can't harden somebody's heart. That would be evil unless they've already done it themselves. Right. So then I can't pray for somebody to become a Christian. Yeah. It doesn't make sense logically for you to pray for God to save someone. Because it has to be their choice. Be their and choice, if God yeah. altered anything. Yep. To get them to come to a then point apparently where they, it would be evil. Yeah. yeah, because then God is changing their will, or God is manipulating them, mm-hmm. and and you can't have that balance there. You can't it's have it both ways. Yeah, yeah, it's it's either one or the other in that sense, where either God does change people's wills, and it is God solely who saves people, mm-hmm. or we f- solely make the decision, and God completely stays out of it. So yeah, and no I was I was actually like talking with uh, Pastor Jesse and Pastor Gary about this um, the other night. We were talking about this exact thing. We were talking about uh, um, perseverance of the saints, and then it came up where because um, because we were talking about you know like yeah they like they wouldn't consider themselves Calvinists, and I I don't consider myself a Calvinist because again for that for that reason. Um, but they were talking about yeah you and he said yeah like Jesse was like you know like prayer doesn't make any sense if god can't change people's hearts Mm -hmm. so that's something that i've always thought you know like it just doesn't make any sense and so obviously there is you know that has to be true but Mm -hmm. like you know how that all fits together he you know he's like you know i'm still figuring out kind of thing so 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 that's that's the main point is is and 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 then just the the idea of what kind of god um stays out of it that's that's more that's closer to deism than christianity Mm -hmm. Of a God that stays out of it and doesn't have his hands on things. And, and, just... and only like acts when like the, uh-huh. the people like appease him or yeah. like come to him for a sacrifice or, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, God didn't create this world and then stay hands off. God has foreordained literally everything since mm-hmm. the beginning of time. Um, and in Hebrews, um, or not in Hebrews, where did I find that? In the Bible. First Corinthians 15? Uh-huh. Yes, First Corinthians 15. That, that the the... Um, that Jesus was not an afterthought to the fall. Mm. Uh, mm. There's a verse that right. says that, you know, Christ and him dying on the cross was foreordained since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. That means God planned for us to sin. Mm-hmm. God knew that we were going yeah. to sin. He didn't stop yeah, it. Yeah, it wasn't that like we sinned uh, or Adam and Eve sinned and then God was like, oh, okay, course dang correction. it. Like I, I gotta, to... I gotta figure this out. What's plan B? What's plan B? Uh-huh. Trinity. Well, yeah, so... And then Jesus is like, I'll do it. <laughs> Raise his hand where, from the back of the God's crowd. like, well, who wants to volunteer to die? And the Holy Spirit just points to Jesus. <laughs> it's like, no ghost. <laughs> I mean, that that's not how it worked. They, you know, Oh, I want Adam Forty to make a comic. Yes, yeah, I do too. But that, that, that was the plan from the beginning, right. is that for us to sin. And for Jesus to die for those mm-hmm. sins. Um, and that brings God more glory. Yep. And again, yeah, and the reason that happened, you know, is because then God's justice and mm-hmm. uh, righteous wrath will be glorified and mm-hmm. then his mercy and love will also be glorified. Okay, and so then um, I forget what point number three was. Um, I think we'll come back to it after point number four, if we remember it. But uh, point number four was then if, um, if, if God can't change people's wills or take away people's choices, then miscarriages are God sinning. Right. I mean, because miscarriages are just because like, like if you ask anybody, why would a miscarriage happen? It would be because, um, the, um, you know, the sin it, it's, you know, fallen nature of man. Mm-hmm. It, it's just what happens because we've sinned and we live in a fallen world. Um, so the answer then is, is 
So why is this world like this, right? Well, you know, Adam and Eve sinned. Well, Adam and Eve sinned. What was the punishment for sin? It was death. What did God do? He cursed the entire yeah. world. So ultimately is all God. You know, it, it's all our fault, but it's God actively cursing mm -hmm. the world. So by that, God brought death into the world um, where he could have just ended Adam and Eve's lives and started over, but he didn't want to do that. And uh, ultimately, when he said that you will die, that happened. Adam and Eve died. Um, and the literal translation there is dying, you will die. Um, so they started the process of dying. So, so that is still true of what God said in the Adam in the garden of Eden. Um, but the point there is, is that God cursed the world because of their sin. Therefore mm -hmm. by causative, he is responsible for miscarriages. Right. Is that wrong? No, no, because it's sinful. a curse. Yeah. Because it, it was, it was the, the yeah. result of our sin. Um, suffering even then, even from the garden of Eden, God said, woman, you will have, um, pain now. Great. No, you will have increased pain. It, well, yeah. Increased, increased pain in childbearing. Yep. Initially existed was, before was good. Yeah. Um, so an increased pain with childbirth, that, that means that God caused every single woman on this planet to suffer yep. greatly That's true. Uh, through that. So, so is that wrong? No. Yeah. Did God, you know, it, you know, God making people suffer. Mm -hmm. That's, that's him. God is, is punishing them for their sin. Is that wrong? No, of course not. Because we have sinned and God can do anything to us. And it's totally justified. Right. Yeah. Because again, we're, we're all sin. We've all rebelled against God. Mm -hmm. God has the prerogative because I mean, one, he created us too. I mean, yeah. even if we didn't sin, like the reason that he has this like jurisdiction over us in the sense that he can like do all these things mm -hmm. to us is be and, and specifically because we sinned. And that's because he set up the thing at the very beginning to say, Hey, this is the way it is. If you, if you disobey me in this commandment, this commandment that I give you, then death will be the result. And so then that this is the system he set up and then we failed. And then God's like, all right, this is what's going to happen now. And then he just was following through on his word because he's faithful and he he follows through with his word, mm -hmm. anything that he says. Um, so, so, you know, it's, it's just this whole idea that God can't do what he wants with us or that God can't change our will or that God somehow is evil by making us suffer. Mm. Um, and he's not. And God is so gracious and mercy that for those who love him, he's working all of those sufferings out for good. Yeah. Or, or in Paul's case, for the sake of the gospel. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean that, like he's that. He's, he's using it. He's conforming us in Christ's image through, yeah. through all that suffering. And, and we are um, becoming more Christ-like by suffering mm -hmm. for Christ and suffering like Christ. Yep. Like Christ. You're, we're joining in the sufferings of Christ. Yeah. So, so, I mean, what a good God. Yeah. Like, like think about that. That and also you think about you know, what a good God in the sense that he hasn't smited us all already. You know, yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. he should have. I mean, if if not, not, not that he should have, because obviously he's God. And he can do whatever he wants. But like he has the absolute prerogative to just wipe us all out instantly. Like mm -hmm. he has no obligation to us whatsoever. Um, and he did almost wipe every single person out <laughs> yeah. once on for, for Noah and, and the flood. But then he made a promise and he said, this will never happen again. Exactly. Like, we'll never do this again. So. So it's just this whole idea that, it, you know, God can't, you know, take away someone's choice and whether or not they go to heaven or hell. God killed, like, we don't even know how yeah. many people 
through the through the Israelites through so yeah so it's and, yeah, it's where do the, you draw the line of of what God did was good and what God did was evil yeah and I I feel like it's just this weird dichotomy or yeah this weird dichotomy that people make where the Old Testament stuff it's just like oh well that's you know that's all well and good I guess God was I mean God was obviously good when he did those things but he's not gonna do those things now right mm-hmm. because Jesus came and everything's good and love and mercy now right it, it's but, the whole idea yeah. that. It's it's kind of like God's character changed in the sense that we we you know obviously we know that God's character didn't change but it's kind of like um, God the Father was the main character of the Old Testament yeah. and then and Jesus is just in the background as the angel of the Lord and then when it became the New Testament Jesus was like all right this is my time to yeah, shine yeah, and we're gonna yeah. change things around it's, here yeah like the sequel that they change viewpoint characters <laughs> and that's not what it it's not the is. case God that, is still God throughout yeah. the whole thing and He is the main character different parts of the different persons of the Trinity play different roles mm-hmm. in, in specific places, but that doesn't mean that they're all, they're all in perfect union in, in one mind. Like they're all striving towards the same exact thing. And so they're going to be consistent with each other. So, yes. Uh, um, so the point number one, when was, was babies, um, and predestination yep. in that sense. Point um, number two point is prayer. Num- point number two three is, is miscarriages. Point number four. What was it? I don't know. Uh, it was when we were talking with Jared down here um, the other day. It was prayer. It was babies. It was also babies. <laughs> yeah. Babies again. <laughs> babies again. Um, I don't know. Come on, Connor. People are not being saved just because... No, I'm kidding. What? No, I'm kidding. Where did that even okay. come from? Uh, yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean... I guess we can just kind of, just kind of end it there. So apparently, we only have three points. Yeah, um, there was one more, mm-hmm. but we just don't remember. Right, who it was. was. Yeah, Jared had brought up something, didn't he? Where we were talking about it, we mm-hmm. were like, "Oh, that would be the thing we'd bring up mm-hmm. if we had talked about this." Um. So, so maybe, maybe for the next episode, we'll have remembered just, and just, we'll just do throw that it in there. <laughs> um, we'll make a whole next podcast. It'll so just be that. Well, no. Um, <laughs> well, we could. It'd probably be at least ten minutes. With with us, so you know. But okay, so then yeah, we'll just we'll just end it there. So does that make sense? That makes sense, guys. That makes sense, right? Wait, wait. I don't hear anything. Yeah, I don't hear anything either. Um. So you well, know. if you want to tell us, then you can use the hashtag. This is where you offer a hashtag, Connor. Um. What the heck is prayer then? <laughs> what the heck is prayer anyway? Okay, so hashtag what the heck is prayer? Um, <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you can you can uh, tweet at us. Uh, and technically, you can also do this on Facebook too because you know hashtags are a thing on Facebook, and they have been for a while. So I'm not being culturally rele- culturally relevant by bringing that up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you can get in contact with us and use that hashtag on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Christian Artist Show at uh, on Twitter at um, at Christ underscore Art underscore Show and on our website at Christian Artist Show dot com good stuff uh i'm really glad that we actually recording an episode uh because mm-hmm. it feels like forever since we actually just sat down here mm-hmm. and talked about something uh because i mean the last time we recorded it was two weeks ago when we did with hannah yeah and then two weeks before that it was just me mm-hmm. and then two weeks before that it was with you me and mickey yeah so it's been a while yeah so so yeah i mean yeah i that's yeah. i think we're good yeah i mean and we got nothing else to say sovereignty of god it's, it's mm-hmm. important people so yeah, I mean, really, just if if you if you have a verse or 
or some sort of point that you want to bring up, um, I'll most likely disagree with you and um, mock you in my head for your, you know, and, and or pity you or wow. something like that. That's okay. Um, I'm, not, I'm not proud of that. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, but I want to hear, you know, I'm, okay, that, that was a joke. I'm just to clarify. I'm hoping that um, was yeah, a joke. Yeah, no, that was a joke. But, um, so, but even if I did do that, I would still appreciate you saying something yep. simply because yep. we want to hear the arguments yep. because yep. we're not um, set in this. We we want to know every yep. argument. We want to have because, a living theology. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason for that is we, we want to be right. And it sounds like... Um, right. It selfish. sounds like a selfish thing. But, yeah. but yeah, again, like we're, we're ultimately like... I mean, obviously, we have to check ourselves, check our hearts constantly to make sure that that's not the reason that mm-hmm. we're, we want to learn these things. But, like, ultimately, what we're trying to, to do with the motivation we're, we're trying to have behind this is so that we can be right in glorifying God. Like, that we mm-hmm. can glorify God the right way, that we can preach God the right way, that we can talk about these things the right way and honor God the most that we could possibly can by talking about these things. And, obviously, I don't think that's a thing that can happen in this life. I don't think we're going to be ever, ever be able to perfectly have mm-hmm. the right doctrine. Yeah. Um, but it's something we can always be looking at and, and challenging well, ourselves with. Yeah, I, I believe we can have, there There are doctrines that we can definitely be right about, but for this specifically. Um, well, right, but again, like the doc, the idea of any single doctrine is so infinitely complex, even though it's simple at its core. Mm-hmm. And you can say, all right, I, I, I believe in the correct doctrine on baptism or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, all right, you know, I, I believe this is the correct doctrine on baptism and that's pretty straightforward. But then you get into all the different minute details of all these different verses that talk about baptism mm-hmm. and all this other crazy stuff. And then it's just like, okay, well, am I perfectly honoring God in every single iota that I believe about baptism? Probably not. Like, you know, like there's probably something that I, it's, I'm still wrong about, but you still try to get it right. And, well, and, and the reason I say that is, is, uh, you know, specifically for the sovereignty of God, we're, you know, we're trying to understand God here. Right. I mean, there's, there's no way that anybody can fully understand God. If we did that would be, you know, heretical. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the doctrine of the sovereignty of God. Exactly. Is that we can't understand these things, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if everybody ever says that they understand God, just smack him and say, what, what, come on, man, really? Do, do like, uh, yeah, pull, Saint Nick, you said. pull yeah. a Saint Nick and punch him while yeah. they're singing a heretical song about yeah. how uh, God gave birth to Jesus. So. Yeah. I mean, or not so. God gave birth to Jesus, but like God begot to Jesus, and yeah. he didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. Oh, Arianism. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so... <laughs> So that's just kind of how we want to close this then is, is mm-hmm. this is, there, there are doctrines um, specifically like the essential doctrines for salvation that you can, you know, that, that you could be right about. And, um, you know, most Christians are, you know, probably completely and utterly right about the main doctrine right. yeah. of salvation. Um, but for things that pertain to the character of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, how dare you claim to know everything about right, God? Right. Like, come on. And yeah. And even what we're here talking about this, the whole point of this idea is that we ultimately don't understand God, mm-hmm. but we want to understand God. To, yeah. Just because we don't understand God doesn't mean we're like, Oh, well, you know, God's we just doing his own thing. It. Right. Yeah. It's, it's that we, we do want to understand God, even if we can't fully. And that's the point. Yep. Is, is the more we learn about the character of God, the more we realize that we don't know that much about the character of God, which then brings more. Yeah, glory the, the to God. one thing that um, Ross Neer always brings up, I think, on Facebook when I see his posts is that the, the study of theology is loving God with your mind. 
mm-hmm. where it's you know you love your god you love you're supposed to love god with all your heart your mind your soul your strength your body like mm-hmm. all of that stuff is supposed to be in there theology the study of god that's loving god with your mind when mm-hmm. you delve into those things to try to understand more about salvation god what how all those things fit together you're loving god with your mind as long mm-hmm. as you're doing it with the right motivation then you know then you're loving god with your mind and that's a good thing um so so if you're if you're thinking oh this doesn't matter at all like we shouldn't even be talking about this because it's creating division no we need to be right. talking about yeah. this and, and the point is because it's and, important yeah in the words of rc sproul you know doctrine divides of course doctrine divides i mean that's why doctrine exists. Oh, wow. <laughs> Legitimately, yeah. You know, First Corinthians, doctrine exists to create divisions so that we will know who is Christians and who is not. Mm-hmm. Literally, mm-hmm. that's the point of, of, you know, divisions in the church. Yeah, and also different uh, and on the flip, denominations. On the flip side, too, like, um, you, uh, doctrine also unites. Because when you have like-minded people who, be, who, who dig into doctrine and they can, mm-hmm. trust, like... They believe the same things about these important doctrines. Then they grow even closer to each other in mm-hmm. unity because truth unites. Yeah, and and this is one thing that I'm mad about Calvinists and Arminianism, Arminianism right. like the whole dichotomy is, and all is, this is because this does divide churches yep. and it shouldn't. This should be something that we can just sit and come to scripture with, not get angry at each other, yep, yep. and just sit there and, and look at scripture and be like, well, you know, but what about this? Right. And be not trying to argue for either side. But just trying but, to say, hey, this is what the Bible says, exactly. or at least this is what I, I, in my limited mind, this is what it seems to be saying. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a, you think it's saying something else, then let's talk about this. But ultimately you have to make sure that scripture is interpreting all of that. Yeah. And, and you know, first Corinthians one ten, Paul literally commands us. Uh, and, and, and because, you know, second Timothy three sixteen, that's the word of God. You know, it's not just Paul. So, you know, God literally commands us to agree mm-hmm. to all be of the same mind. So by dividing over things that aren't salvific, um, and, and, and I'm not saying that, that every church in Janesville just needs to, you know, come together and, you know, whatever, or every salvific one. Um, but it would be good if, if we had started like that, like the point of like, there should never be this many churches in a city. And, and Janesville is infamous for that is the yeah. city of churches and parks. Yep. <laughs> um, and it's 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 a bad thing. It really is that there are that many churches in one city, um, because we should be um, united. We and, and, you know, and, and the point is that there are multiple buildings and we need to have enough room or, you know, you know, different sides of the city, you know, that, you know, that's fine. But I mean, and we can differ on different things and different churches can differ on different things, but we need to be united and of the same mind and the same mind of this, you know, and the same gospel. Mm hmm. Like, that's the point of all of this, is to reach the lost. So we shouldn't be so caught up in doctrine that we forget what our goal is, is saving the lost, and, and you know, in words of our mother. Um, but this is important, and we need to talk about these things, as long as it doesn't distract us from the main point. But we need right. to talk about these things, because it's important. You know, the sovereignty of God is important. That's an important doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it not only because, enhances right. our worship of God and our understanding of God, but it helps us to be better Christians and to preach the gospel better. And I think also like what it can do a lot of times is, and this isn't always like, um, but what it can do is is help people see that they've been worshiping a God that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It, like, it, you, you know, know this I mean? can prove to them. Yeah, it's like you are worshiping a, a false God. Yeah, exactly, like when yeah. if you if you legitimately believe that like you know something really crazy about like God's character that just is not in line with Scripture whatsoever. 
then you're not worshiping the same God. Like, you know, like if you believe that God is, I don't know. I can't even think of something off the top of my head that like would be heretical. Well, I mean, you just change anything about the character of God right, that's like, explicitly stated in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I posted this on Facebook this morning. It, um, where Christ, or when Christ is preached and sin is not preached, Christ is not preached. Right. If you say that this is Christ sure. and you don't preach all of the attributes of God, then you're not really preaching yeah. about God. You're you're just preaching about something you've created in your head. Mm-hmm. So so this is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this could legitimately be a means of figuring out whether or not somebody is a Christian. Mm-hmm. Not to say it, that... Not to say that it always is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this could be something where don't be afraid to talk about the character of a God because that's one thing that we don't do, you know, at yeah. all in, in today's day and age is say, hey, you're not a Christian because you are, you know, living and sleeping with somebody who's not your husband or wife. And what's crazy, too, is that... That's not the idea of church discipline and and that whole thing of like saying, yeah, like you are not a Christian. That doesn't just come from like Paul or whatever. That comes Mm -hmm. from Jesus. Jesus gave us guidelines for how to discipline people in the church Mm -hmm. and we're not using it ever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, just keep that in mind. This is why I've been listening to Paul Washer a lot lately. If you ever, Paul Washer jokes about this all the time in his sermons that he only has one sermon. And it just always starts out with, <laughs> are you really a Christian? And like, test yourself. And these are the tests to know whether or not you're a Christian or not. And that's how he starts everything out. And then he goes to a certain topic or whatever. Mm. Um, but it always starts out like that because he doesn't know if somebody thinks right. they're a Christian or not. And he usually is preaching in America and everybody in America <laughs> thinks they're a Christian. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and the reason this is so important is that because just because somebody says they're a Christian and they worship, air quotes, God does not mean that they worship the God of the Bible. Yep. That just means that they worship a deity. Um, and whether or not that is of their own creation is the problem. Um, so, yeah. So, that's why we're talking about this. And I need to go to bed. So Yeah, I think we're, I think we're done. Good night. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, have a great week. Sorry we haven't been putting out episodes regularly. We will get better at that, hopefully. No, we won't. <laughs> yes, we will. No, because now we have... This is all the nice setup and everything. It'll be great. Well, the... the I think the reason we haven't been doing more episodes is because we want to have something good to talk about and we don't want to just force this. At least that's why I don't want to do it every week is because I, I, I don't want to have to sit down here and no, think I get for that, half but an like, hour of something random we have we can talk stuff about. we can talk about. Yeah, but but I prefer that when we think of something, we're just like, hey, let's just record something about this. So, so what we should do then is as soon as we think of anything, write it down in a document. And we just need to yeah. get a big document of all the topics okay, and so, we just come so down here we every have week both phones now so yeah. we can just write that down just in a just, just come down here every week or yeah every week and just be like all right list of <laughs> topics mm-hmm. uh, all yeah. right just choose one and then we just do it because the thing we, we all we have to do is like half an hour you know i mean mm-hmm. half an hour every week that's not that that uh unfeasible especially when we get out of some uh school era mm-hmm. here so all right so, yeah yep um and if nothing else well, next week let's just talk about prayer because okay. you know I'm that's that's one thing that uh, Kent and I were talking about recently, and he was saying that you know, you know, most kids just don't know how to pray, mm-hmm, or very mm-hmm. awkward about praying. So if you, he was telling me if you ever come across something, um, you know, that's really good of like a lesson plan for for, for a prayer, uh, teaching um, prayer, yeah, yeah, you know, send it. I to mean, me uh, Jesus had a. <laughs> A good teaching point. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what I mean. I'll be yeah. that name. 
Um, but we're not just gonna say, well, this is what prayer is, and then. But again, I mean, you could you could legitimately just teach that. Like you yeah. could just say, hey, this is the model of prayer, and this is how you should pray. Yeah, I I, uh, I already sent two different uh, uh, things to him. So, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. We can do that. We, we can do oh, that. You said, oh, you said I also need to talk about all these thoughts. art stuff. Well, yeah. This is the Christian artist, and we should talk about how art and Christianity go together. Um. We should have. We need to have another theory talk about like. Um. Christian art. Sure. At some point. Soon. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah. So just to, to close this off then. Um, yeah. So for hopefully, cause I, I, I want to get a chance to flesh out all these, all these thoughts. Cause, mm-hmm. sure. um, just to have that specific. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, legit, legitimately, I remember topic. I, when we first started the podcast, I used to have a document that I would put in mm-hmm. all the different ideas. Yeah. Um, but we, I'll just go back to the document and just start filling it out more. Okay, alright, so this is the end. Yeah, this is the end. Goodbye! This is the end of the world as we know it. Goodbye!